Coming up on the Assassin's Podcast, we've got Ben Parr, the CEO of Octane.ai, speaking with us about his business, Octane, and how they thought about early traction channels and platform partners that they worked with when they were launching their business, specifically their partnership with Shopify, which I think is super interesting. He talks about the process he went through in writing and authoring his book, Captivology, and shares a couple of insights from that research in that book on how entrepreneurs can tap into seven different triggers to get above the noise and captivate audiences that will grow their businesses. And last, a real-life example of how we got Rick Ross and DJ Khaled's attention. We the best. All right, assassins, let's get it going. See them dollar signs. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin Vandehey. It's your host at the Assassins Podcast, where we're helping founders taking that step from zero to one. We've got a really special guest on this week, a good friend, a hustler, a true assassin. I'll let him give his intro, but he's currently the founder of Octane.ai. He's an author, one of the first editors from Mashable. He's got a ton of experience across a ton of different industries. His only flaw, I would say, is that he's a Bears fan. I don't want to give him too much crap for that. I think you're a Bears fan, right, Ben? I don't know if he's a Bears fan. Wait, I, wait are you a Packers fan? Wait, wait, gonna... if you're, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know that before I agreed to this interview. Honestly, when you, if I was told, you know, it'd be a Justin, I thought it'd be Justin Bieber, you know, and I thought like, you know, now that I learned it's like a different Justin, and it's not one that's, it's one that's a Packers fan. Oh man. I hope this doesn't impact our relationship, but all football alliances aside, just happy to have you on, Ben. Thank you for jumping on. Yeah, I'd love maybe just to start with your story, talking a little bit more about your experience. The story behind Octane.ai specifically, like how did you guys land on the idea? And I'd love to hear more about how that team, your team came together. But yeah, just let's kick it off there. For Octane AI, Matt, it's evolved like a lot of startups evolve, honestly. But when we, the mission that we had is still the mission we carry today, which is the conversation between consumer and brand today just sucks. It's almost, it's all one way. It is very much a like one way blast, like an email blast, an SMS blast. But what if you could actually have a conversation and actually go back and forth? It'd be better for the customer, it'd be better for the user. You could actually personalize like how conversations personalize your experience with each individual human on the planet should be able to be true to with a brand. And we started out with chatbots when we were starting out, you know, with our first investment and we were all together at the all turtles office and all that fun stuff. But we learned that a combination of like, don't want to, you know, hard to rely on Facebook as a platform. It, we definitely got hurt once or twice, but also 
our customers really guided us. And first we realized it was e-commerce that was really getting the most benefit out of a platform. And so we made a big bet in 2018 on Shopify, one of the best bets we ever made. And then the second, you know, big bet in 2020 is our new product, the quiz product. And so we power all the like zero party data marketing for thousands of Shopify brands. And what that means is we help them collect this data that gets directly volunteered from their customers versus like cookie tracking. And we use quizzes and surveys and things like that to do it. And quizzes are like what we're known for. If you go to a store like a Jones Road Beauty, which is owned by Bobby Brown, the famous makeup artist, they have these brands, they have quizzes on how to find the right skin products or how to find the right fit or all sorts of different things. It's very likely when you take that, that it's powered by our software and we're used by a ton of the big Shopify and Shopify plus brands. And we've been able to grow our business over the last five years. Uh, it's never, it's never easy, but it's been really amazing an incredible journey that I would never have been able to predict five years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. One thing in particular, I, I know you touched on the Shopify the decision to align more with Shopify. And I think that was huge for you all. As you've thought about growing and scaling Octane, I guess, what are what are some of the other channels that you found have been really helpful or maybe those that had surprised you along the journey as you've grown and scaled the business? We're really well known, especially my co-founder, CEO, Matt and I, for our marketing. It's a really good at building community and building organic marketing channels and through deep content and you know, community shows and things like that. And that's worked out really well for us to build greater viral loops and build more customer advocacy, which I feel like is the cheapest and most effective way to go and market. But we also have, you know, like incredible sales team led by one of the earliest employees at Clavio. And we have all sorts of like different, you know, diversified sets of channels. Like one big one for us, for example, is our partnerships with agencies in Shopify agencies, almost every big store uses an agency to help run their marketing or build their website. And we partner with hundreds, if not thousands of us to help them like with quiz builds, like give them like discounts, do all sorts of things. And that's a real big backbone of our lead gen strategy of our customer acquisition strategy. And they're really important partners. And so there's dozens, especially when you're in Shopify, but we try to be diversified and built all whole thing. Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, I was thinking back on the disco journey too with acquisition. I felt like, I don't know, we tried a million different things. And for us, it was really just lead bullets. And I, I don't know if it was the nature of HR software where we just had to send a shitload of emails just to get, like that was kind of what we, every model's obviously different. Outbound? Outbound. Just, yeah, just straight outbound. I, I, I mean, every company has to get to outbound. It just depends on the size and stage. We do a little bit, but honestly, not that much. But there's companies in our space, they do hardcore outbound and they're super successful. But it's also a, it's a hard and dark art. Yeah, yeah, totally. Speaking of, I guess, when we talk about the dark art of just getting above the noise. So I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but it was kind of hilarious looking back. I asked you and I think Josh Browder to participate at this HR tech event. It was super small. And I remember when we were doing this keynote and I've heard you on a couple of keynotes. I thought, man, this guy is freaking good. Like you're very good at engaging an audience. And, you know, not surprisingly, you wrote a book on how to captivate an audience called Captivology. And I am reading it now. It's it's great. I was curious about that process actually on the inspiration for Captivology and the process of authoring your own book. Like what was that process like 
what did you learn in that journey and what was sort of the inspiration for that? The book. So for those who don't know, my original claim to fame is I was the editor of Mashable. And so I got very lucky with that as one of my being like my first job, really. And being able to technically second job, but we'll go over that. But really, you know, I got to meet everybody, build a large audience, interview everyone from Mark Zuckerberg to founders of Google to Steve Jobs. But like afterwards, you know, I got a bunch of book offers, all that sort of thing. But it was because I was investing in early stage companies and all asked me for help in press and marketing and customer user acquisition that I started thinking about my book, Captivology, on the science and psychology of attention. And realizing after doing some research, there's a ton of, you know, academic research on the topic, but very, there wasn't any book that was just like, you know, this is like what that research means and how you can go and use it in your daily life. So I started, you know, writing a bit of it and I got lucky. I had a great agent, the same agent who did Britney Spears' book and Pope John Paul II's book of all things. <laughs> also the 21 book, if you've ever read that one. And then I got lucky with a great, you know, do with Harper Collins and off to the races I was. And I spent a year and a half just writing that book and interviewing people and trying to make the best book possible and really diving deep into the subject and came out. It's interesting, you know, the post, like when the book is actually out and you can actually talk about and you're just on the road all the time. It's a very different like face life. I was hyper introverted when I was writing the book and I'm an extrovert typically. So that's like whole thing. And then when you're promoting the book, I got, you're hyper extroverted. You're going to events all the time. You're talking to everyone. You're the all sorts of things. So it's interesting. I did go and switch it, but I always had a little bit of like, you know, like you can tell maybe flair for the dramatic. So it helped out with stages. And if you speak a hundred, 200 times on stage, you're going to get pretty good at talking. So yeah. I feel like that's served me well in things. And then one day, one day I will have a second book. I have an idea. I can't talk about it yet. I guess on that same theme, I think there's, like you said, there's so much noise out there in the early days, especially when you're trying to get a new category off the ground or you're building something new and trying to pioneer, especially with incumbents and just there's a lot of noise. If there's a couple of just like really high level highlights that you could suggest from your research that you think would be helpful for entrepreneurs that are really thinking about how to get above the noise when they're building their category, like what are maybe one or two things that you think founders should be thinking about? So in the book, I write about, you know, for context, the three stages of attention and how attention isn't an on off switch, but it grows over time like a bonfire. And more importantly, I write about the seven captivation triggers. And this is like through my research, seven key psychological triggers that capture attention, regardless of age or culture or location or anything else. It's fundamental human nature. And so there's a certain things that like thinking about will really help. And so there's some immediate stuff like you may not think that certain colors on a website will have an impact, but they have a huge impact on the way that people evaluate and judge a company, how they the emotion react, whether they click something or not. And so there's a lot of like individual testing, like Amazon tested thousands of colors in their buttons until they got the familiar yellow and orange. There's a reason because your eyes naturally drawn to those colors, especially for taking a specific action versus one of the other triggers I talk about is on the other end of the spectrum, the acknowledgement trigger, which is like providing acknowledgement to your audience and providing them with validation and empathy. There's a concept called the parasocial relationship where if you show love to one, you show love to all and how we build these relationships with people or companies, even though they don't really know us, like how a relationship with a celebrity, for example. And so great companies might send a package. One of our customers, actually, Glenmedic, 
huge eyelash brand. Every month, I heard, they sent about a dozen random packages to their customers. And they're not just, here's some Glamnetic product. They, they stocked one, and they found that they really like Cheetos, and they sent one of their customers just a giant box of Cheetos. You're going to post that on social. Talk about that. Know the love. That person will be loyal for the rest of their life, and everyone who follows them and everyone who follows those people is going to hear about that and want to go and buy. Those kinds of things really work to build longer-term relationships. If that's like two examples. It could be thousands. But some of you are to do naturally, like if you're trying to write outbound emails, like applying some of those captivation triggers and those certain emotions and being a little bit different and disrupting people's expectations. Because I can tell you what 99 of 100 outbound emails look like. They're all the effing same. But yep. there's that one out of 100 that looks very different. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go and point and look at that. And that's the kind of thing that's going to help you stand out from the crowd, especially as it gets crowded and it becomes a very different environment now. I love that. I think, yeah, I think about early days. We, Disco, we had the benefit of, sort of the benefit of the air cover from Slack as they were launching their platform. So we just sort of rode that wave. But even things like in the early days when we were just running, you know, one-off campaigns, we did a partnership with Red Bull where we were shipping physical cans of Red Bull to offices for people that had gotten the most kudos for the day. And you would see these huge crates of Red Bull show up at Gary Vaynerchuk's office because like VaynerMedia was a customer and at the end of it, they were like, stop sending Red Bull. We had, too, we had too much freaking Red Bull at their offices. But it was even that, the awareness of saying, damn, this is something that is impacting people's lives. Yeah, it's sort of touching on a couple of the, the those different trigger points that you mentioned. Okay, so most important question, early days of Octane. I remember when it was, yeah, like there was a, you were focused on the chatbot experience. You had some insane partnerships. I think it was like, I can't remember if it was like Kiss or if there was... Kiss, Aerosmith, 50 Cent, 50 Cent. 5, 30 so, Seconds to Mars, Rick Ross. I remember the whole roster. So I want to know what... This is a safer work podcast, obviously. But what is like the craziest celebrity interaction that you've had in the journey so far? So first of all, for everyone, the goal is to build a big business and not to interact with lots of celebrities all the time. Because as someone who's been on that side, let me tell you, like, it's hard to do business with celebrities, not because they're bad people, but because there's a lot of people involved and they don't want to spend money because they don't need to spend money. So there's a reason we're in e-commerce. That said, I have a story. So... This is like 2017. I was speaking at South by Southwest. And then I flew from South by Southwest to Vancouver to speak at another conference. And I got a call from my friend. And she was like, hey, Ben, Rick Ross wants the bots. Can you come and meet him? And I'm like, yeah. It's like, he's at South by. Can you fly? Can you eat here tomorrow? And I'm like, Alrighty then, I had flown all the way to Canada and I got the call and I'm like, all right, two days later, I gotta go fly back. So I flew back to on a last minute flight back to Texas and I immediately got an Uber, got to his hotel, was the Omni, went to the top floor, met up with his manager, you know, met up with my friend, like we had a whole fun conversation, his girlfriend. And then about five minutes in, Rick Ross comes out wearing just like, you know, like a tag top kind of thing. And he's on FaceTime, he's doing this, he's like, yo, Ben, can you tell Colin about the bots? So I have to explain to DJ Colin for three, oh five minutes God. what chatbots are. And he's like, dope, I want one. So yeah, that was that was a, that was one of many interesting interactions. That one I remember very clearly in my head. 
That's pretty great. And that's probably the strongest referral loop that you can get is from Rick Ross to DJ Khaled. <laughs> Just seeing that. You know, I never I never asked DJ Khaled to go do a giant shout out, maybe one day. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Awesome. Well, uh, just to round things out, I guess I'd love to hear as much as you can share. What's what's next for Octane, and is there anything else that that you you know that you want to plug? I mean, like I said before, we've been the zero party data platform for Shopify. So an e-commerce brand will use us to recommend pro- to learn more about their customers, collect more emails and phone numbers, recommend products automatically, increase their conversions, and then. Most importantly of all, leverage this data for personalization. So we started with helping personalize over email and SMS by integrating with amazing platforms like Klaviyo. But we have some amazing stuff coming out, especially on the artificial intelligence side over the next like couple months. And I'm really excited about that. And my co-founder, CEO, Matt, is very excited about that. We're really going to be pushing a bunch of new innovative stuff to really expand the like product-to-product offering. And so you're going to see a whole bunch of that. And there's like a whole bunch of it you know, expansion stuff that we have to go and do. But I'm really excited because we've been able to collect so much, you know, like build so, help our customers build so much, so many relationships, help them, you know, collect more ethical data. Now we can help them really understand their customer, leverage that to build a better experience for the consumer and for the brand. So that's what's coming next. Very cool. Awesome. All right, Ben, how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in either learning more about Octane, if you guys are hiring? I mean, OctaneAI.com. We're about to add some new positions. And then like on the bottom of the careers page, all that. Or at OctaneAI on Twitter or LinkedIn or all the other networks. I'm at Ben Parr, B-E-N-P-A-R-R, on all social networks. My Twitter DMs, for better or for worse, are open. So if you end up DMing me, I will see it. And yeah, come, come find us. Come say hi. All right. Good stuff. Again, appreciate you, brother. Thank you for coming on. And uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch and excited to see what's next for Oxane. Thanks for having me. Um, oh, it's all right. You're not Justin Bieber. You know what? You're better. <laughs> and all right. I think the Bears are going to be all right this year. I'll save my Aaron Rodgers jokes for another time. Yeah, all right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Ben. That is a wrap. Big shout out to Ben Parr and the team at Octane. Appreciate you coming on. We have a big week coming up here at the Assassins podcast. We got a couple new articles live on the site. If you go to assassins.com, A S A A S I N S.com for those, subscribe to our email newsletter. And in between now and then, thanks for listening and keep getting that money. Them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind. They say money over everything, everything, nation the game. For a wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange Appreciate every penny, pocket change One phone call and your life can change What's your love language can't do business if it ain't reciprocated